Let me say this, friends. Affliction is part of the Christian life, just, just like it was part of the life of Christ, the man of sorrows. And any Christianity that doesn't teach you how to deal with affliction isn't that faithful to the totality of God's word. And so what happens is when affliction comes, you have two choices and these are very significant. You could choose fear or you can choose joy. Let me explain this to you. The the new brain science is telling us that the two strongest motivators in life are fear and joy. The people will endure incredible amounts of difficulty if they're afraid or if they believe that there is joy on the other side. What happens when affliction comes, you're going to have anxiety and fear because as we look into the future, we wonder what is going to happen. And if you choose fear in affliction, fear comes with a spirit and it's demonic and it becomes oppressive. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. And so in your affliction, if you choose fear, a demonic spirit is going to come. Now this is going to be the most anxious, uh, the most tepid and the worst version of you. Instead, you can choose joy in, he says, uh, the Holy Spirit. And what happens is when affliction comes, if you choose fear, the counselors will say you're dysregulated. You're not doing good, you're not yourself. When you invite the Holy Spirit, you become regulated. All of a sudden, you get time with the Lord. This is casting your cares on him. This is transferring your burdens to him. This is verbal processing with him. This is shedding tears with him. I'll be honest with you. I was very bad at this for many years in my Christian life. My wife, Grace, is good at it. And she would get back to joy and I would still be in fear. And so I would have anxiety about the future that would cause me unhealth and struggle in the present. And what I've learned by God's grace, I need to go for walks with Jesus usually in the woods. I I got my hike in this week, hours, me just talking to Jesus. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what I'm excited about. Here's what's coming. I need help with this. I just need to give it all to him and then him to send me the Holy Spirit. Because what happens is there's affliction that's always going to be around you. And many of us live under this pervasive myth, I'll be fine when everything's fine. In a fallen world, never fine. There's never a day you wake up, you're like, Jesus, no need to come back. I'm already there. (laughs) Everything's come together. And so there can be affliction around you, but there can be joy in you because the Holy Spirit lives in the child of God. That means the Holy Spirit gives us an opportunity to be regulated and to return to joy because the fruit of the Spirit includes joy, joy. Now we learn this from the Lord Jesus. It says this in Hebrews 12 too, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The cross is the greatest affliction that anyone could ever possibly endure. We'll talk about it a little more at the end of the sermon. And Jesus had great anxiety. The night before he died on the cross, he's up all night, he's sweating like drops of blood. He's crying out to the father, he's struggling. It's okay to not be okay. But you go through your affliction trusting that joy is on the other side. What I like to say is you go through your beating to get to your blessing. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He went through the affliction to return to joy. Here's what I want you to know. God wants this house and you as his children to constantly return to joy. He doesn't want you to live in fear or anxiety, but in the spirit and in joy. 
And it doesn't mean that everything's okay, but you're okay. Because the outside does not determine the inside. The inside is determined by the Holy Spirit, the source of joy, amen? And so here's what we believe. We believe that the culture of our church should be one of joy. It's our seventh birthday. It's our year of Jubilee. Our plan this year is whatever we go through, return to joy, get back to joy. We're gonna throw parties. Thank you for paying for the park. It's the grand opening tonight. There's a band playing, food trucks, lots of fun, sports court just got open for the kids. We're working on permits for the splash pad. We throw parties to practice for heaven. We laugh during the sermon because we take God seriously, but not ourselves. We tell each other we love each other. We hug each other. We're here to have a good time, amen? Amen. Because we're not going to hell. We're going through hell, but we know that heaven is coming. And let me say this for your kids. We want this to be a safe, joyful environment for your kids. We want kids to build their joy bonds at church. When they grow up, it's like, where was your favorite place? Church. Who are the best people? God's people. Well, what do you mean? Well, if we showed up in our swimsuits in the summer and they gave us popsicles and they had a cannon of foam they stole from a rave and they put in water slides and they had a splash pad and they told us Jesus loved us and it looked like he did. So we had a lot of good times at the church. They weren't talking about our gender or our genitalia. They just let us be kids, amen? And every once in a while, a religious person shows up. They're like, I don't know, this seems too fun. You need to repent and you need to, you need a popsicle and a nap. Okay. Anyways, so um, I gotta keep going. Okay, so thank you for helping get Bible teaching out to the world. Here's what he says in 1 Thessalonians 1.8. For not only has the word of the Lord, you know what this is? The word of the Lord. This is not a word about the Lord. This is the word of the Lord, amen? This is not what we think about God. This is God telling us what he thinks about everything. He says, not only is the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, that's their region, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. What he says is, from your church, you are the people who love the Bible. You like the Bible. You believe the Bible. You study the Bible. And you tell everyone about the Bible. Hey, thanks for being that church. I'm a, I don't know if you know this, I'm a preacher. I really like people who come to learn the Bible. You guys come to learn the Bible, amen? amen. I had a, I won't name the ministry, but one of the, a very large Bible teaching ministry, the, the director showed up here and he said, I have never seen a church where that many people show up with their Bible and take notes. He's like, your people really like the Bible. I know, because we love the word of God. We believe that we need the word of God. And we know that if you want a word from God, you've got to open the word of God. And what Paul says is, you guys love the Bible and that makes teaching the Bible so fun. And if you're new, this is a short sermon, but sometimes they go an hour and 17 minutes. That's the longest one that I can remember. And you know what? You guys stayed for the whole sermon. I mean, your bladders are committed to the Lord. They, they are, so thank you. 
Let me just share a little good news with you because we've got Trinity Church and then Real Faith distributes Bible teaching globally. Uh, Let me just share it with you, a little good news. So far in 2023, social media impressions and views across all platforms is up 770%, reaching so far 270 million people from Trinity Church. That's awesome. New social media followers is up over 1.5 million year over year. People saying, I want more Bible from Trinity Church, praise God. And just, I would give you a prayer request. Pray that we can get to a billion people a year. That's my prayerful goal. With Bible teaching, sermons, books, study guides, daily devotions, social media, clips, reels, one billion, amen. Will you commit to pray that we can get to one billion people a year, total impressions with the word of God. And those numbers include names and faces that Jesus knows and loves. I'll share one with you. Um, There was a family, a mom, uh, a dad, and a girl. They lived in Ukraine. And they would listen to the sermons from Trinity Church. The Russians invaded. Mom and the daughter fled to America. Dad is still there. So pray for him. They're out of state. They still listen each week to the sermons at Trinity Church. The little girl, according to the story that I've been told, gave her life to Jesus, listening to a live stream from Trinity Church. Told her mom, I feel like God is calling me to get baptized. So we brought them out this weekend and we're gonna baptize that girl. Amen. We live in this wonderful day when because of technology, you can reach people in Ukraine and then invite them to be baptized, amen? and to profess their faith in Jesus Christ. Lastly, thank you for living like Jesus is coming. And let me tell you this, Jesus is coming, amen? Amen. Jesus is coming. This is the great theme of Thessalonians. We're gonna get into the mark of the beast and the antichrist and the second coming of Jesus and the end times. Come back, it's gonna be awesome. Well, hey, podcast pals, it's uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll here saying thank you for tuning in. I've had the honor of teaching the Bible for around 30 years. Happy to report I got my cancel card about a decade ago. Nice to get that out of the way. And now I'm back in uh, zombie mode, man. You can't kill me. And if you would do me a solid, I could really use your help. Number one, rate this podcast. Everybody gives me one in five star reviews. I need you to give me a five star. In addition, uh, review the podcast. Tell them it's good, it's helpful, it's fun, it's authentic, it's genuine, it's down the fairway, it's all about Jesus and uh, share it, Uh, let your friends know, let your family know. And if you wanna trigger your enemies, let them know too. I've been triggering woke joke folks since the mid 90s and glad to keep up the fight.